Welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Caleb Hatch and Justin Kinney with you on this rainy Wednesday evening, March 22nd, as we record it here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hello, Justin. Hi, Caleb. How are you? Oh, living the dream. Counting down the days, the hours, the minutes until I'm down in Pensacola Beach for spring that's break. That's right. Yeah, that's next yes. week. So. Yep. Leave on Friday. So I, uh, I'm jealous. I'm like, I, I need the sun to come back here. Yeah. It's been gloomy recently. Yeah. And anytime it's, we're in that time of the year or two where if it's sunny, it means it's cooler or cold. Yes. Like it could warm. be sunny, but 37 yes. degrees. Or it's warm and overcast or rainy. Like the like, last couple of days. Yeah. Like pretty much. <laughs> so either or. But you can't least, win here in the no, Midwest. Not at all. But we're getting a mid March here. Maybe we can dabble into some decent temperatures decent days here as we uh, get closer to april but won't have to worry about that next week for me i'll be in pensacola beach no and uh mark miles and indycar contingent didn't have to worry about that recently either as they were on the move looking at a uh, potential future race for this series yes international race talk we'll have some yeah but with some actual tangible discussion there's not actual movement not dumb rumors and Transla- Google translating articles. Right. <laughs> That's what this usually is. Yeah. About. Trying to figure out, was it Portuguese in Argentina or is it Spanish? Uh, it'd be Portuguese. Portuguese, yes. Uh, trying to fi- figure that stuff out. I I don't know. Plus, the Indy 500 field is full. Naturally, right after we recorded last week's episode that we recorded uh, early for scheduling purposes only, as always. Uh, Ryan hunter announced in the second car for Dry and Reinbold Racing. So the former Indy 500 winner is back. And it's wild to think. I mean, he didn't participate in IndyCar at all last year. Correct. He did some SRX races, but uh, so good to see him back at the Speedway. Another former winner. So we're up to nine. I don't think we'll hit 10 because I don't think Montoya is, is coming back, but close. And those are kind of the headline stories of the week. Plus, we got interesting tidbit on Iowa for this year. Uh, Takuma Sato unveiled his delivery. Uh, for the Texas race, and I would presume p- potentially for the Indy 500 as well. All stories we're going to get to this week. Uh, in fact, we'll start with the Ryan Hunter Ray news. I think this is a bit of a surprise, only because we thought he was a done deal for that fourth car at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, and then that went to Catherine Legg. That was, I think, a shock <laughs> to almost everyone. That's what we were ex- expecting the announcement to be. Right. But uh, he will drive the 23 Chevrolet entry. This is a good ride. I I don't think you can understate that enough. In fact, you could argue this is a better ride than the fourth car at Ray Hall. In fact, I think it's an easy I would agree. Yeah, I think so too. And with the experience he brings, of course, uh, this should be a team and and a, a operation that should be able to get up to speed rather quickly. And it's, it's a solid ride. We thought maybe, talking about it with either the fourth Ray Hall or if he could be the replacement for Jack Harvey at some point, if that happens, this kind of puts that to bed. And that's what we were talking about on last week's show about, could he be that guy? Mm-hmm. Now we're getting indications of another driver that could potentially right? be the Jack Harvey replacement. We'll get to that a little bit later, but this is a good ride for a good driver and we'll see how it goes for RHR. Always good to have former winners in the field, particularly when they're in competitive rides and not feeling like they're just in it to be in it. I don't feel like that with RHR or this team. So it's, it's a good match, good fit. And we'll see what Captain America can do in May. Is this the best one-off ride in the field? 
Uh, man, that's kind of tough when I try to think about what that what the field looks like. Um, yeah, there aren't that I mean, many one-off rides though. You got to remember. I mean, yeah, Ed I mean, Carpenter's there's what, running six? multiple races, not even because. So you have Catherine Leg in the fourth Ray Hall car, right? Stefan Wilson, who will be his teammate in Dreyer Reinbold with the Cusick Motorsports uh, co-entry, and then after that, you have Tony Canon, Marco Andretti. That's it. So is it Canon? I would say it's probably Kanon. probably Canon, and then R. And then R. Yeah. Um. I mean, are we shortchanging Marco? I mean, bit? he hasn't really done a whole lot the last couple of years. I, no, I but guess he's still he, with Andretti. Still with Andretti, had the pull in 2020, but really since then, it's been a rough couple of years at Indy. Finished 13th in 2020 in his last full-time season, but 19th and 22nd the last two seasons. Yeah, so when you look at it with, uh, with Andretti maybe down a little bit, but when you look at Indy 500 finishes for Ryan hunter Ray of late... Uh, 22nd in 2021 and then 10th in 2020 had a top five in 2018. But since his win in 2014, no podiums. I know we technically don't have podiums at the Indy 500, but just go with me. Yeah. Uh, in the last seven 500s he has been in since his win, he has one top five. And that came in 2018. In 2021, he was running fifth or sixth when he uh, had a, was it a pit speed violation? Yeah, I think that's coming um, into the pits on yeah. his final pit stop. How so he was competitive that year, but that that was it. I mean, his brakes, I think, just did not work. Sped into the pits, race was over. I'll be curious how he. I, I mean, when you're away from a car for that long, it does make it interesting. Yes, there's tons of practice time, but it's also just the rhythm of everything for these drivers, and that's why a lot of times they have them do the GP right. and do the 500, even though it's not. Not the same track. No, but it shakes the rust off yeah. a little bit. You build some sort stops. of yeah, build some sort of rapport with the team. So that's kind of what you're looking for in terms of trying to build that. But I think RHR will be fine. Now whether that team's fine, is that car fine? We'll see. But uh, I like the match between those two. He did spend some time with Hukos uh, Hollinger last year, uh, working with Callum Eilat and. Apparently was offered a, the rumor was he was offered right at Hunkos turned it down uh, last year so he's back. This is a, a team in Dryan Reinbold that has guys who can compete. Sage Karam was seventh back in 2021. Ferrucci was tenth last year. So I mean it's a, a legitimate team that could finish in the top ten and if everything goes their way they can be in the mix at the end if everything goes their way. But I everything mean, has to go their way. Yes, for them it, it is a a high quality ride. And uh, like we mentioned, it, you could argue the quality of this one-off ride is one of the best in the field and better than a lot of full-time entries, at least the 500. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at what Dry and Reinbold has brought to the Indy 500 of late, I mean, they've had some competitive uh, cars, competitive results. I, I think it's last year where they had a top 10 with Ferrucci. Um and then the year before, the run with, with Sage, that was a top 10. Mm-hmm. But that really has kind of set the bar, because since before that, it was a lot of struggles at the 500. But two top 10s out of their, uh, in the past two years, Sage Karen finished, what, 23rd last year? So it's in the right direction. That what makes you want to think that maybe uh, there's something here for Dryer and Reinbold to build on uh, long-term, at least in Indy. But I just, uh, inevitably, of course... I don't know if it'll come before the 500. I don't know if it'll come after the 500, but 
there'll inevitably be that story about if Dreyer and Ryan Bolt is looking to do more races. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's uh, Always. it's just like the off-season engineering program, engineering shuffle. <laughs> it's the Dreyer and Ryan Bold, are they going to do more races, yes or no? And here's the thing, they never do. That's like, true. You well, know, it's like, they, they did? Well, a couple, a couple years, years ago, ago, they did, they did. other... Uh, the the road courses, right? Yes. Um, so other than that, no, they they haven't done anything in si- since I think Oriole Servia was in the seat way back. They, when. No, Sage ran some extra races in twenty one, I believe. Did he? I think so. Well, so it, it's not completely unprecedented. No, it didn't none, none in twenty twenty one. So Sage Karam in twenty twenty. Okay. Did all of the IMS road course races, which okay. there were about seventeen of them, <laughs> right? Uh, so like that's it. the only additional races that they did going back to, yeah, 2013 with Oriole Servia. So, but we'll, inevitably we'll get a story. Somebody will write it and we'll get a story about that. And of course, the only IndyCar win for Dryan Reinbold, can you name it? Oh, man. Um, it, it, it came uh, at your favorite racetrack. Kentucky Speedway. No, close. And not by a set by when I say close, I mean not really close. It happened January 29th in 2000. Robbie I gave you the McGee, year, right? You get the first name right. Uh, uh, Robbie Buell. Yes, sorry. sir. Robbie McGee was an IndyCar driver. Yes, though. he was. That's why I got it mixed up. Yeah, Robbie Buell, Chicagoland, Kansas. Walt Disney World. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, sir. I would sir. not have guessed that. The one and only win thus far for Dryan and Ryan Bull Racing. Can they make it two at Indy? That would be. We'll massive for that team and you would hope they would run yeah i would hope they would run (laughs) their additional events after that right um you'd think they'd be able to get the sponsorship yeah dennis ryan will be like nope i'm taking my money and i'm i'm getting the hell out of here i'm not doing any more races (laughs) so ryan hunter ray the field is full for the indy 500 we have 33 entries will there be a 34th as, as mark miles has really hinted at multiple times in the last month or so and you look at the drivers and the options we talked about this some last week but the the driver's at play here, J.R. Hildebrand, Charlie Kimball, Sage Karam, Simone D. Silvestro, Ed Jones has been mentioned, R.C. Enerson, uh, Linus Lundquist, so possibilities, R.C. Enerson with Able Motorsports, assuming that the Enersons do indeed own that car uh, that was the Top Gun racing entry a couple years ago. If they own that car and they team up with Able, that's a possibility. It'll have to be a Chevy. Yeah. Honda said they're full. Obviously, it's usually the opposite, right? Yes. Usually Chevy says they're full. Uh, Foyt could expand to a third, but as we mentioned last week, they'd have to get full-time sponsorship for both cars, and then ABC Supply would be on that third entry, and you would think J.R. Hildebrand would be a great fit for that, but again, this is all sponsorship contingent, and for that team, after as tough as St. Pete was for them, I mean, you want to make sure you're fully funded. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to take any risk there, so I, I still... Am of the the notion of I'll see it when I uh, I'll believe it when believe I see it, when it, you see it yeah when it comes to a thirty fourth entry at this point I just don't know there there's no shortage of interested drivers out there that's for sure and that's not unusual of course but there's just a a a probably a lack of available engines and enough money too so I think if we were at thirty two and you needed one more something could come together but now that you're thirty three. What's the desire to be the 34th? Really? I mean, what does AJ Foyt gain by adding another car, considering they have issues on bump years getting all their cars in? So 
I'll be surprised if there's a 34th. I think we head into May, we head into practice with 33. I just don't see bumping this year. I don't either. The only wild card is if Enerson and Able Motorsports put something together with the funding. I don't think it'll be Foyt just because they'll be focused on their two full-time entries, and rightfully so. Right. Um, unless there's a massive change you know, between Texas. It just feels like once you get to April 1st, it's really hard to get anything nailed down. That's right. kind of the cutoff point. So yeah. after the Texas weekend, if we don't see any movement, I would assume that's it. Yeah, and for Able Motorsports, that just seems like biting off too much too early. I think this could be a team that maybe co- co-sponsors or co-runs a, a, a car next year with an existing team, something like that. But that just seems like a lot for Able Motorsports to try to do this year. Uh, speaking of other drivers, Linus Lundquist, Ray Hall Letterman, Lanigan Racing. He will test with that team April 3rd, day after the IndyCar race at TMS. Hmm. Find that very interesting. Jack Harvey cleared for Texas after he missed the test at Barber last week. Uh, Yuri Vips stepping in for him. But th- this whole situation is fascinating because we had Yuri Vips do some tests with the team. You had Ryan hunter mentioned as a guy who could take over for Jack Harvey if Jack Harvey struggles. And I would say the month of May is probably the cutoff point for that. And then now Linus Lundquist. And, and the wording on the tweet for this, too, I think also is saying a lot because yeah. the the wording is essentially... We hope to get him in some other races as <laughs> well. Huh. Um, I just don't see Rayal Letterman landing, landing and fielding a fourth car this season. They already have three full-timers. So that just seems to be Linus Lundquist potentially destined for that 30 car if Jack Harvey doesn't deliver. And I know people will say, oh, it's unfortunate for Jack and blah, blah, blah. He has to perform. And quite frankly, he hasn't performed for Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. It was always questionable to me why he left uh, initially to go to Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. Um, but I, I don't know. I just uh, I felt like he had a home at Meyer Shank and left, and it hasn't delivered. And he's he got demoted basically out of the high V car, and now he's he's basically trying to tread water and, and keep his ride. And now you have a guy that has proven in the road to Indy that he's a capable prospect. Now, whether that translates to IndyCar, who knows, but he's a guy that definitely deserves an opportunity. And that opportunity could come at the expense of Jack Harvey if he doesn't turn things around and turn things around quickly. I mean, he has, yes. like you said, till May. I mean, and, going into June. They will have made their decision. I think the Indy 500 is probably his, his last shot if if he continues to struggle now unfortunately for him he was what taken out at st pete so yeah I mean, he was part really, of the melee early it w- wasn't a whole lot he could do but it's so tough to remove somebody right after indy though because you have the success of races after mm-hmm. that so but we'll see so the the tweet uh feeder series america's uh discussing this uh bobby ray hall told swedish tv station svt that rll will see what we can do to run him in a couple of races this year now, are we trusting the translation between Swedish and English? I am just because the people who run yeah. this uh, account, like they're European based. So I would think they wouldn't get this. You would hope so. Correct. Hopefully they didn't take what Bobby was saying and misconstrue it. But no, I, I don't think so. I think, I think Linus Lundquist, we said it before, Linus Lundquist is going to be in a seat at some point this year, whether it's for one race, three races, six races, who knows. 
but he's going to be in a seat by the end of the year. Should he be a full-time seat? Absolutely. We've talked about it, but at least he's still on the radar of prospective IndyCar teams. And that 30 car is, is very much a hot seat right now for Jack Harvey. It, it does not seem like a, a good spot. I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. This is, it feels like a make or break here of the next couple of weeks, next couple of races uh, through the Indy 500. It just, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's where things stand with Jack Harvey. And what's he need to keep that seat? You think in top tens, does he need to get a podium? I don't, I don't think you really need podiums. I just think you need to be solid top half the field, get some top tens, be competitive and just keep the car clean. Yeah. We'll see if he can do it. And Texas will be interesting, right? Because he didn't race with them last year uh, because he had that practice crash. So that, that will be the first, uh, well, I guess the second data point on the season, but the first real intriguing data point, because when you're taken out in the season opener, like it's hard to really right. take a whole lot. Yeah. Very much an incomplete and, and, and say, Oh, you know, especially so early. Yes. It, it's hard. Well, Got to worry, though, you know, because you have one bad race and it's the first race. You know, NBC is going to talk about how important (laughs) it is for the rest of the season. Yep, he is way behind in the points. I I, I imagine. I haven't looked at the point standings. I'm just presuming. We're one race in. So, yes, Yes. I I think that's easy, easy to to pick out. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So Jack Harvey, Linus Lundquist, that's the latest there. They did have testing at at, at Texas uh, last week for the rookies. Uh, Augustine Canapino among them getting his first shot at the Oval and I think he's going to enjoy that kind of racing without a doubt. Um, so that's a look at as far as the rides go and the update there. And now it's time for everyone's favorite, favorite part of the podcast. Third international, OEM? Uh, oh, international, international races. races. Yeah, nothing on a third OEM yeah. this week. We actually have some tangible things. Yes. We actually have news to talk about, not we, just rumor. We do. So this this is not a surprise we knew last year that someone from argentina was at the indy 500 and then obviously indycar gave the go ahead for augustine canapino and Humcos hollinger to do those demonstration runs in uh, buenos aires and then termas uh, de rio hondo the track uh in the what santiago province uh, i think so i'm looking at the wikipedia here so a lot of officials were there earlier this week uh, Mark Miles, Penske Entertainment CEO, VP Michael Montry, um, Tony Cotman, NZ Consulting. They designed circuits. In fact, we interviewed him in the past on yep. the show. Obviously, Ricardo Junco's there, local government and track officials. Again, this event has hosted MotoGP and World Touring Car Championship stops in the last decade. So it's a legitimate track. It's the one he did one of the demonstration runs. Was able to watch some of that. It's a legitimate circuit. Like there, there's no doubts about the circuit. They may have to make a few modifications, but it's it's nothing major. Um, they're in Argentina, checking out a potential venue, the Autodromo Termas de Rio Hondo circuit. Toured the property, evaluated the possibility of holding a future IndyCar race there. So that's where things stand. You don't do this trip and have this come out if you're not closing in on something. Do you think? Where, when, and and where on the schedule? So, do you think it's in the gap that we're in right now for 2023? I think that's the obvious for 2024. Excuse me, obvious way to look at it. But so it's Santiago del Estero. That's that's where it is, yes. and um, it's like a resort area. 
So there's like mm-hmm. a, a couple of hot springs and like a lot of spas. It's like in the north central part of Argentina. In that area. So I don't think of it as like if you're from Indiana, think of it as like what? Like French Lake. I was going to say. West Baden, right? <laughs> yeah. A little bit bigger, obviously. Yep. But think of it like that. They do have an international airport there. Um, there's a reservoir right next to the airport and the racetrack. The racetrack and the airport are basically right next to each oh, other. Oh, nice. If you look it up. So that's convenient for the teams. That helps with you know any concerns about things like that. So look. Things are happening here. Um, I would be... Uh, I don't want to jump the gun, but I'd almost say I'd be more surprised if this doesn't happen next year. Now, I don't know how it would happen on the schedule as far as is it an exhibition? Is it a, a race? Is it, you know, when do they run it? Because you have to remember, Argentina right now... Summer. Summer. Mm-hmm. Now, they're coming to the... Well, it would have just switched, right, to... To fall, I guess. Yeah, but still close enough. I mean, so it's still warm. That's down. the other factor to to look at it as far as what it means. But I I don't know. You know, I I really don't know where it would fall in the schedule. This gap seems like the obvious one, but I don't know if that's uh, necessarily a given. Um, uh, and two, we don't really have details on any track improvements that'll be needed, like running. No. What they run now, which is touring cars, right? Yes. And even Formula Renault has been there, which is some open wheel racing. Um, there's different expectations for safety than IndyCar. So where are we at with IndyCar? Runoff areas, right? Or um, pit and garage areas. Uh, this is a actually something that the, the pit buildings were destroyed in a fire in February of 2021, and I imagine they've been rebuilt yes. since then, but infrastructure for the track, like, does this have it in place, or is it IndyCar coming and saying, okay, you're going to need this, this, and this before you're going to be on the schedule, and then it could take two years to do that stuff. So those are the details we lack as of right now on what was the what was the discussion, what's needed, is it, is it ready to go? Could IndyCar go tomorrow and race there? I mean, maybe. But we don't really have details on that. All we know is IndyCar visited, and they were very impressed with the exhibition um, that Hunkos put on with uh, Canapino when they were down there, and they really kind of want to take advantage of that. I, I just you you want to make sure the infrastructure is in place, but you also don't want to waste an opportunity. Too is is you need to get there sooner rather than later. The other thing is so weather wise, for example, recently it like it was approaching a hundred. Uh, the highs are ranging from the low 80s to the upper 90s for the next 10 days on, on the forecast. So it, it's it's hot, it's muggy um, for the weather there that time of year. The average high for March is 86, April 79, but it's not going to be April, right? Because that cuts in unless it's the beginning of April and they move Texas up a week. But you're going to need probably two weeks after St. Pete as far as travel goes and getting everything down there. I mean... Ideally, you find something in this gap, but right. I don't know if it fits in the gap, I guess, is how I look at it. And could this be something better served as a race in October or late September? September, the average high is 80 degrees, October 86, because, again, reverse. So right. uh, our winter is their summer. So it starts to cool off come March, uh, and then the, the cool period is May, June, July. I think for a series that has struggled to fill fill the early part of the schedule, this makes more sense early on. Whether it's a 
February exhibition or a February points race or a mid mid March points race, I think it makes a lot of sense at this portion of the schedule because IndyCar continues to flounder when it looks for really opportunities to race early in the season. Yeah, if you take whatever, if they're going to say, hey, we'll do this race, shipping costs will be covered by, say, DHL or someone, right? which is a partner of one of the teams in the series, seems like a way to work something like that out. Mm-hmm. Remember, CART used FedEx back in the day for right. shipping transport of stuff for their international races. So this seems like an ideal scenario. Running it, as you mentioned, February, it's a little hotter, but sometime in March, you find a way to make it work. You have a, a gap of at least two weeks. You fill that gap between St. Pete and Texas and make it happen. I think uh, it makes more sense than the uh, latter half of the year, la- yes. latter part of the year. Like you want to crown your champion, I think, in the United States somewhere as opposed mm-hmm. to Argentina. Um, so that would be my, my, my thing for later in the year. I think it just makes too many, too much sense earlier in the season. I think so too. And this just seems like a logical place. Now, I get that everyone's going to say, well, what about Mexico or what about another race in Canada? And we've had stories like that pop up every now and then as far as racing at, at, uh, at Mexico and Monterey at Fundadora Park where they've raced before, Pato Awards uh, hometown. And I get it. Fans say, well, you have a driver in Mexico and you have uh, a fan base. And whether it's in Mexico City, where that's been rumored before, right. um, what, six, seven, eight years ago, or Monterey, or just somewhere, it seems like the, the Puebla Oval is a no-go. Yeah. Which, randomly, the other day, I saw a car with a Puebla Mexico license plate. <laughs> really? Yeah. In ta- like, in Indiana? Um, I mean, still, anywhere around here would be Yeah, random. I'm trying to remember, like, where it was. I think it was in Fort Wayne, yeah. It was yeah. wild. I, I thought it was like Pueblo, like, but it was a front license plate. I'm like, no, that's not Colorado. Like, huh. I, I would know. No, it was Pueblo. I was, I was shocked. But interesting. E- either way, maybe they were in Indiana to talk to Mark Miles. Maybe you never, you never <laughs> know. You never know. I, I don't think they would have made their way up here. I, I forget where I saw it. If it was here, or Indy, or somewhere else. But yeah, I, I saw it very recently. But either way, and, and then in Canada. Uh, Marshall Pruitt mentioned the mailbag a few weeks back that Montreal was like an outside shot of having a race. And yeah. remember, Champ Car did race there they did. A, a couple times. So maybe that's a possibility. But as always with these races, two things. One, you go where you're wanted. And two, you go where the money is good. Yes. And if the, if the check clears, you go. And I don't the... care what time of year. Yep. I don't care the destination. IndyCar doesn't have the luxury to pick and choose like Correct. NASCAR can, like Formula One can. They they don't have that luxury right now. So you have to go after what's presented to you. And racing in Argentina, where they have a driver full-time in the series who's shown himself adequately well. Right. In fact, I'd say better than adequate, considering his first race was on a street course. And he didn't cause any issues, completed every lap, finished 12th. I get there's a lot of carnage, but there's something to be said for staying out of trouble, right? In racing. Um, and you have a fan base there. If they show up for demonstration runs like they did, they'll certainly show up for a race. Right. So go where you're wanted. This seems like a great opportunity. Do they add more in Mexico uh, or add more in Canada and add a race in, in Mexico and maybe somewhere else? Hopefully. 
I mean, love for any car to go back to Brazil, right? But again, it just depends on the economy of the country and, and how things are and how you make it work. It's very expensive to put these events on, especially when you consider just the cost to get the cars down there. That's probably the the biggest hurdle. It's not necessarily these tracks. The tracks are up to grade, up to par for IndyCar. Right. It's, it's all the logistics stuff and the, the contracts and the money that holds these things up. IndyCar has very few markets, venues, whatever, clamoring for IndyCar right now, a race. And that's just reality. And so you have very few of those. And of those very few, Argentina has been the most vocal and the most persistent and has shown the ability that, yes, there would be significant interest in having a race there. They're 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 putting the best step forward to try to lure IndyCar to the country. Who else is doing that to to this extent? Not just I'm talking domestically, let alone overseas or or out of out of uh, the United States. So there are very few of these opportunities coming about for IndyCar. They need to make sure this happens. You know what? If if two or three IndyCar owners are like, no, you know, I, I'm just I think it's a a Roger Penske decision, IndyCar decision. You're like, no, no, no. I don't care what you guys say. We're going. I think that really needs to be the play right now. Maybe you go down and it doesn't go well or something like that, but you at least need to to commit to a race down there and see how it goes. And the, the other thing is uh, Pinsky and their whole strategy was very much, we're not into international races. We want to focus domestic, but you always entertain something if it's presented to you and it, it's the right thing, right? And this, yeah. to me, seems like the absolute right opportunity. And you can't just, like, turn those things down because they may not pop up again. We know they were close with surfers a couple of years ago, and then that kind of fell through. So it's not like they haven't pursued these. I know Penske kind of poo-pooed that idea as being something they are interested in, but Mark Miles is the one who came out and said they wanted a winner series a few years ago. You know, a three-race kind of exhibition winner series. That went away. That went away. Um, this seems like another opportunity for something, and you hope it works. I get it. This is not like a, an area people are familiar with, because I, I would argue people aren't familiar with Argentina beyond Buenos Aires, right? But this is the resort area of the country. It has international airport access. Uh, this is a, a great track that's hosted other world-class series and events. Most of the time you're looking for, for something to say, Oh, this is not legitimate. This is a problem. In this case, you have everything set up right there for you. Uh, really to a T to make this happen. So I hope it happens. And I hope this is something they move forward on. We shall see. We will. I think it's a, a positive step that IndyCar at least went down there, but please just make it a points race. Don't make it a stupid exhibition. Yes. Like if we're going to put the a time and effort to get all the personnel down there and all the teams and all the drivers and all the cars, don't give us an exhibition race. Make it a points race. And, and the thing is, it, this has been a city that they have invested in a lot recently. Like that's that's the the thing I find fascinating is that the airport uh is relatively new they didn't have an airport for a while like it, it had closed oh so that's a big positive 
it was closed in the late 70s and then they built a, essentially a new airport um, that opened in 2012. So that's positive. The, the racetrack, again. It's um, only about 14 years old. And it was they, rebuilt completely. They rebuilt it. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a huge place. Uh, under 30,000 people or around 30,000 people. You but. got more than that for the ex for the, what the, what would they officially call it? The, uh, uh, with, with demonstration going runs. Yeah. The yeah. demonstration they runs. They had a huge yeah. crowd in Buenos Aires and they had a huge crowd at this racetrack. And yeah. again, if you watch, you can go back on Hunkos's YouTube and look at video of this and everything. I, it's a legitimate track. There's yes. no concern about the layout, like looking at it. There's some long straights. There's some sweeping corners. I mean, this is an interesting track. That they can it's a, work. It's one of those flowing tracks. If yes, it's very. I would say high high speed, but it's it's capable of having some some really good racing. I feel. And as far as the the Grand Prix circuit, um, is nearly three miles, fourteen turns. So this is a legitimate circuit that they can use. So again, I feel good about this i think this is an interesting option i get it it's not mexico it's not another race in canada and it's not you remember when there was like a rumor about any car racing somewhere in the middle east you knew oh, that yeah. was never gonna happen yeah dubai or that whatever was probably it was. just all posturing with f1 for sure to say hey if and now you middle know, east we're, is we're a gonna run any car they're like no you're not you're gonna pay for us you, yep. you always knew that was what was happening there but uh, overall Feel good about this. We'll see what happens, though, moving forward. Comes down to go where you're wanted, and you're wanted in Argentina. Find yes. a way. I, I just, I don't see a, a way that this would not happen. This would be IndyCar's return to Argentina for the first time in, in, since 1971 in Rafaela uh, in the Santa Fe province, where, again, they had that huge oval race, drew big crowds, but it was just a, a one-off event. It was, what, a season opener? Yeah. The whole uh, read up more on the Rafaela event because it's fascinating. Really, I have um, to check into it. So we'll we'll see what happens. But the the quotes then is that as far as after the demonstration runs, Jay Fry is saying uh, to Motorsport afterward, uh, the reception was incredible. Uh, they got our attention. Appreciate the interest. Everything that we saw was an incredible event, and that's why they were down there again this week. We'll see what happens. All right, moving on. Enough talk about international races, right? Well, this yes, this isn't as uh, depressing as most of our conversations <laughs> regarding international races. So we have a few things we'll get to on news and notes in a bit, but I think the other notable story to come out this week uh, is pretty simple. Change at Iowa. Uh-huh. So last year you had a 250 and a 300, but Hy-Vee IndyCar Weekend, the official names are out. It'll be the Hy-Vee Homefront 250 presented by Instacart on July 22nd. Then the Hy-Vee One-Step 250 presented by Gatorade on July 23rd. Remember, Gatorade's been featured on the Hy-Vee race car. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had a 250 and a 300 last year, and now you just have two 250-mile races. Is this due to time constraints with the concerts? Could potentially. I, I I always kind of found it the weird. The Sunday race was longer last yeah. year. That was the 300. The 250 was on Which Saturday. I always found it kind of weird, like, why the Sunday one was longer. Um, It doesn't really affect my interest. I just, I wonder if it's a concert thing. I wonder if it's a TV thing. I wonder if it's just, hey, we're freaking exhausted by the end of the second race after two days of running. Maybe it's just the, 
the the drivers questioning and the teams going, well, why is the second race longer? We don't understand. So it uh, could be a variety of factors, but is what it is. It doesn't bother me. An extra 50 laps isn't going to make or break the event for me. So that's a look at the, the headlines this week. If you agree or disagree with us on anything, we'd love for you to interact with us. You can find us online, newtrackrecordpodcast.com. While you're there, check out uh, the store. We have stickers and T-shirts for sale. In fact, someone pointed out. Yeah, did you ever see a screen grab of I that? Did. I did. Did you? So I Seems was like trying, an urban legend to me. No, it, it's real. Okay. If you go to the 123 mark, so the very beginning, one minute, 23 seconds into the Peacock broadcast, okay. one of our fans... Uh, sent us fans of the podcast sent us they were holding up their shirt oh at St. Pete so if you go you'll look on the right hand side of the screen it is so there 123 yes and so I tried to screenshot it on my phone thinking I could just do that easily it won't and screenshot? it just it it screenshots a, just a black picture ah yeah so you can't screenshot so it you almost have way. to take a picture of the screen Yes, so... Not on your own phone, but with something no. else. so probably I may go back and try to pull it from, like, my laptop and, and do it that way. So it's not the easy screenshot just using my right, iPhone. Right. But yes, you can uh, buy that shirt, other different colors as well, uh, on the store. Uh, store page at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. Also, you can sign up for our email list, free to subscribe. You'll get... Uh, Emails about every new episode, plus any special announcements uh, we make for the show, all via that email list, email subscription. Again, totally free. Uh, on social media, our Twitter handle, our Instagram handle, IndyCar Podcast. And on Facebook, just search for New Track Record. Plus, uh, you can always email us, NewTrackRecordPodcast at gmail.com. And as always, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash NewTrackRecord. Thanks to Xavier, uh, Rob. Stitch and others for their support of the show. Again, starting at just as little as $1 a month. And you can always subscribe for free, follow us for free via your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, mailbag time to get to this week as Justin is very oh. earnestly searching for this on Well, on I'm stuck watching... Uh... What the? What is this? Uh, An ad? Yeah, it was uh, Real Housewives something. I don't know. So <laughs> uh, what? One twenty three is yes. where we're at. A minute twenty three seconds. So right when they're doing the intro, and Lee Diffie's talking, like it's there. You'll see it on the right hand side of the screen. Yeah, here we are. I got an overhead shot of, up. and this is the IndyCar Live sponsored yes. by. You're Liberty on the right Mutual. track. One twenty two twenty three. Look to your right. A little bit. A little bit later. Hold on. Oh, yeah. So is it like it's not white? It's like a gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. You see it. Yeah, it's there. Let's see if I can take a picture. Yeah, I, I tried. I couldn't grab. get it to work. So it probably won't let me. No, um, it's just blank. Yeah, exactly. That's the same issue I had. So mailbag entries. Linus Lundquist getting a test. Uh, Hunter's Way 67 says, has any driver needed a strong result more than Jack Harvey does right now? I think not. No. No. I mean, I'm sure there's been examples, but he knows his backup is against the wall to the point where the team is already testing guys to replace him. Elsewhere, Jeremy from HBG, Jack Harvey's leash can now be measured in nanometers. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it, I don't it's, think they make a move till, till after the 500. No. That's not going to happen, but yeah, his leash it, is incredibly short. It's a tricky situation, but yes, it does not seem very positive the way things 
are going. Uh, some thoughts on Ryan Hunter Ray getting an Indy 500 ride. Demise 90 Racing. I feel like this was overdue. Glad to see he's back in an Indy car at the 500. Absolutely. Uh, Hunter's Way 67. Captain America is back. This is a decent car. I expect him to have a good race. Yeah, look, expectations are high for this. I don't think there's any way to to doubt that. This is a, a really good ride for him. And then we had a couple others on the mailbag. Let's see. This one talking about TV ratings uh, from Poet Shevchenko. Quick TV ratings. No, F1 has more viewers in the key demo than NASCAR Cup. And that is the 18 to what? 18 to 34 crowd, I believe. Uh, F1, 681,000. NASCAR, 606,000. So IndyCar is, this is from recent, so they weren't racing, but long way to go on that one for IndyCar, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. You always have to bring up some negatives. I, I'm a realist. I'm always positive here. <laughs> you always have to bring it down. I know a lie when I hear it. So <laughs> I'm just going to skip past that. And then I believe we also had an email entry. Yes, this. Oh, okay. This is from our uh, t-shirt submission. So thanks to Don Davis. Uh, again, if you check at the 123 minute mark, the start of the Saint uh, Peacock replay of the St. Pete race, you can see me holding up my new track record t-shirt on the right side of the screen. I held it up until my wife yelled out, hey, pervert, put your shirt back on. <laughs> oh, he had a shirt off? Not very yeah. nice. Uh, afterwards, some fans asked me about the podcast and I filled them in. Hopefully it resulted in a few new subscribers. So Don, we appreciate your outstanding efforts. Yes. Especially now that we're pointing it out. And again, t-shirts for sale at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com in the store. Uh, free plug. Uh, but Don, thank you for your efforts going the extra mile. We really appreciate it. That's awesome. Appreciate I thought that was it. really cool. Uh, it's amazing that no one else pointed it out, but it was so quick. You, yeah. You had to go back and watch it because I didn't catch it at first. But Me neither. Right at the 123 mark, right-hand side of your screen, IndyCar Live, that is where you can check uh, that out. So that's a look at the mailbag this week. Time for news and notes. A few things. Takuma Sato's car unveiled for Texas. Uh, Natera Honda. It's new overall group name. Um, iconic brands NGK and NTK will continue to exist. So I've actually heard of those. Those yeah. have been on like a, a lot of acronyms hat. in there, but it's a slick looking yes. car. Looks nice. Different colors. White, black, and what would you say? It's like a blue green. Yeah, color? it's like a. I don't know if it's a teal, but yeah, I'm bad with color names. I don't even yeah. want to get in trouble. For it's a blue green. Thing. Yes, blue green. That seems pretty safe. Scott McLaughlin, uh, first IMSA win this weekend. Twelve hours of Sebring. Him and Tower Motorsports. Kiffin Simpson, part of that crew. Uh, first IMSA win for him, and I believe they are on the overall podium. If I'm not mistaken, impressive. So uh, there was a wild crash where the leaders took each other out late. Nice. And so they were able to. Sometimes right place, right time is. Yeah, they, they were third the two leaders. overall and first in their class. Very the nice. Tower Motorsports, LMP2. Great job. That's, that's a very impressive result. I get it. it. It happened because there was some carnage. But hey, you just take advantage of what's thrown before you yeah, other notes presented. uh out there so any 500 race tickets have been mailed out received mine the other week bronze badges now are out the door as well so if you order a bronze badge look for that heading your way also f1 rating uh down 
uh, 0.74 rating, 1.523 million viewers for the race in Saudi Arabia. Down in rating from the previous year, 0.79 to 0.74. in uh, viewers, 1.445 million versus 1.523 last year. So found that interesting. I get it. March Madness kind of here in the U.S. kind of takes away from that. But NASCAR ratings have been down at least a half a million Ooh. every race. Outside of Daytona, not been great, and it was uh, down. Daytona year. was down, but Daytona's down slightly. Not everything's that been much. down considerable. I'm sure Chase Elliott not being there is a factor, but it can't be that much of a factor. Had a big, yeah, it's had a bigger impact than I thought, but it's not half a million a race factor. So this is where this is Dale Nart Jr. We're talking about, so yes. Just uh, not good for uh, for Cup right now in the, re- in the ratings department. And speaking of NASCAR, McDonald's will be the sponsor for the NASCAR Chicago Street Race this summer. That's one, not a surprise. McDonald's based in the Chicagoland area. Yeah. Uh, they will get promo rights, branding, and a dedicated section of the circuit, ad inventory on NBC, MRN, and Sirius. So exciting. Full deal. That's a, a pretty big deal for them. And then Graham Rahal Performance, obviously owned by Graham Rahal. Uh, Radical Motorsport, the UK's largest race car manufacturer. Uh, Graham Rahal Performance is its new official dealer in Indianapolis. And he's going to. He's got a. He's, he's gonna have an empire by the time he's, he's got reaches deti- retirement age. He's got Radical now. Um, he has some dealerships that he owns. I mean, he is set up. As much as as I think he's left some to be desired as a race car driver, that dude is a consummate businessman as a race car. Like like he's gonna have tremendous amount of success. He's, he already has a tremendous amount of success out of the race car. That's only going to continue. I mean, he he definitely could be in, say, 20 years where Michael Andretti is now in terms of looking at entering Formula One. I, I legitimately really? believe that with Graham Rahal. Like I mean, that remember dude, Bobby was the, oh, I forget the exact title, but team principal or president of the Jaguar operation that's true. early 2000s. Unfortunately, that did not really go that well. But as it least. does for any American entry into F1, I don't think it was anything Bobby did. I just think F1 doesn't want people based in America to succeed, plain and simple. I, yeah. I really think that's what it's come down to, unfortunately. Yeah, Ty will tell if uh, if Bobby um, and, and Graham, for that matter, can make an, another run at a thing like that. All right, with that said, time for our random split air driver of the week. If we're going back to the OG PPG IndyCar World Series season 1996 and well the OG split season correct the OG split season and going with your favorite driver that year Eddie Lawson from Gallus Racing International Ran, you remember uh, Eddie Lawson uh, no I do not he was a rookie though he was and actually uh uh, a motorcycle driver, basically. You know what? I do recall him now that you say I'm looking at his wiki. Four-time Grand Prix before. motorcycle racing world champion. We've definitely covered him before. Because Have we I, really? Yes, I recognize I gotta because update of the, my list. the motorcycle aspect of it. Um, Was actually a big-time motorcycle guy, uh, raced in the worldwide Grand Prix. They used to have him like South Africa and Hungary. All so this stuff. he did 500 CC, which is essentially what MotoGP is now, right? Insanely fast motorcycles, yes. basically. Right. That that, that's the way I understand it. This is yeah. 500 the precursor CC to what became MotoGP. Yes. And did a full season of Indy lights the year in 94 actually won at Cleveland 
that year, raced for Tasman Motorsports, which was, uh, that's going down a deep end. But So that's the team that Elio and TK ran for yes. in lights. Yes, as I'm looking at that, TK. Yep, you're right. So, um, but then in 1996, was it was the first split season for CART. Um, so race for Gallus Racing in the Mercedes-Benz car, or at least the engine. Um, his high finish there that season was sixth. He had that at, let's see, at the illustrious US 500, probably because he of attrition, and the Grand Prix of Detroit that year. Didn't race over the final five races of the season. His final race in the seat was a 15th at Toronto and then was replaced by Max Pappas. Yeah, not, not or No, too excuse bad. me. That wasn't Max Pappas. That was our, our, our Davey Sierra. Jones. Yeah, Davy Jones jumped in the seat from rounds 12th through 16th. Um, and that was it for Eddie Lawson. That was his one and done year. And then didn't go back to motorcycles, actually. His last year in... in in the 500cc class was 92, and that's when he ventured into open wheel, did three ra- three years of Indy Lights, did one race in 92, and then raced about half the season in 93 in Indy Lights before doing a full season in 94. Uh, I'm not sure what he did in 95, and then 96 he was with Gallus Racing in cart. But um, high finish of six to two different races, the US 500 and Detroit had four top tens that year overall but was replaced over the final four five races of the season by Gallus Racing. So this week's random split era drive of the week, Mr. Eddie Lawson. What I find interesting is that he would have raced at Laguna Seca in 500cc, and then that was his first Indy Lights race. That's wild. Uh, his best result in Indy Lights outside of the win at Cleveland uh, was a second at Laguna Seca in 93 in the season finale. So uh, he went 18th in his first one. At Laguna Seca, 92, where he just did one race. 93, second at Laguna Seca to end the season. And then 94, third at Laguna Seca to end the season. So he, he found something there, obviously. Yes, he found something that worked at But Laguna never Seca. ran there in cart. Huh. So go figure. That's all we got. So that's this week's episode. We'll be back next week. It will finally be race week, which is hard to believe that we've made it through this yeah. gap. But next week, finally be race week for Texas. I'm sure we'll have more news. Uh, coming out between now and then. But for Justin Kinney, I am Caleb Hatch. This has been New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.